Huzzah! I'm Spider, and welcome to the Jacks Rangers, a New England Free Jacks podcast. And here is your host, Phil Harris. Yeah! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. You may hear that my voice is a little crackly this episode. I was screaming my head off at Fort Union Point, but to no avail, unfortunately, our beloved New England Free Jacks lose to Nola Gold with huge playoff implications. It was a must-win game any way you look at it, and unfortunately, it just wasn't our day. Uh, as for- So our side is set on Rooney. At this point, the New Jersey Dirt Packers, as I like to call them, are our foe this week. And it is revenge week, baby. They beat us in New Jersey. They're coming up to see us. It's time to give them a little New England butt whooping, just like the Red Sox have been doing against the Yankees all year long. You love to see it. So here we go, guys. Episode 10. We made it to 10. We're in double digits now. Hit that theme music, baby. Let's go. Woo! I'm not going to lie to you, Rangers. I was absolutely gutted on Sunday night. I thought we really had a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, I guess it's still technically possible. A lot of things have to happen. It's just extremely improbable at this point that we will make the playoffs. We had everything in front of us. We had to win that game against Nolan, see how it shaked out against our hated rivals, the Dirt Packers, um, this week. But um, yeah, Rooney came into our house and and stomped our butt. I mean, how else do you want me to put it? It's a, it was a tale of two halves. We'll get into it, of course, more on the Outriders segment with Dave uh, a little bit later on in the episode here. Heartbroken, as most of us were at Fort Union Point. We let a team breach our walls, if you will, of the fort, and that's the first time that that's happened ever in our um, existence as a professional team here in New England. So it's devastating, but hey, we got to get back on the horse, right? Let's ride. Together we ride. So our next opponent, is our arch rivals. What a great way to rebound if we beat them and take the overall series lead two to one and tie up the series this year. I'm looking at this awful jersey, this awful kit that I have to wear on Monday and Tuesday of this week because I lost a bet to Scott, the big guy, Farrar, who I'm going to have on the episode a little bit later on as our interview this week. I'm going to have to wear this and, and record it um, in the Outrider segment and with our interview with Scott, and I'm not happy about it. So the best way to make me feel better about it is look forward so we can kick the dirt peckers ass this weekend the hope that that will come to fruition and then scott will have to wear a beautiful free jacks kit in our next recordings when we have those probably next season so that's one thing to look forward to you know the best way to come out of this devastating loss is to look forward to an excellent revenge win against our arch rivals we can, we can love the league and we can still have these rivalries. And it's important that the league have these rivalries and establish these rivalries early on. And what better way to do that is look to your next door neighbor, your regional rivals and say, we don't like these teams for X, Y, Z reasons. We may like some of the players. We may like some of the coaches. Um, we may like some of the fans. I have no problems with Scott personally, right? But I want our team to kick their ass, Rooney's ass. So yeah, I'm going on a rant. I'm obviously a little bit upset with the loss. <sighs> Let me collect myself for a second here, guys. I'm just, ah. yeah. Um, so shout outs, Coach Ryan Martin and Tom Kindly. 
just want to shout these guys out and the whole Free Jacks organization for hosting Dave and I at the Forge last week. So this was due to the the GoFundMe that we had for Coach Ryan Martin's hat fund had reached its goal of $250. So I went and presented the wacky check to Coach Ryan Martin and got to hang out with the team for a little bit. We will go over all of that in the Outrider segment because... There's, there was some definitely some funny moments and some awesome moments in that day that Dave and I were were lucky enough to be a part of. So again, thank you, Free Jacks organization, Coach Ryan Martin and Tom Kindly, extremely awesome hosts there at the Forge for Dave and I. Wanted to give a shout out to friend of the show, Chris Lind. He has been behind the scenes giving us feedback um, on the show. We really appreciate his input. He made his first appearance on the Jax Rangers social media. So what I like to do, guys, if you're not familiar, on game day, you know, if it's a home game, I will record fans' thoughts, you know, prior to the game and also halftime. And then after the game, I will get fan reactions and thoughts on the match. So Chris Lind was uh, was able to join us for one for the first time ever. So he did a great job, of course, and uh, hopefully there will be many, many more of those in the future. Final shout out this week goes to a very nice lady. I did not get her name at the game as I was making my way up to the, the, the stand there where I sit. I actually sit towards the 50 meter line all the way up at the top, guys. So a lot of times I'm actually just standing and I'm definitely a loud man out at the game. I, I do a lot of cheering, uh, as you can hear from my voice. But yeah, anyway, so I was walking up the stands and this nice lady stopped me and said, are you the guy from Jack's Rangers? And I said, yes, I am. I was fully expecting a punch in the face for some reason. <laughs> But no, she was very nice and said that she listened to the show and that she uh, she thanked me for what I'm doing with the show. To her, I, I didn't get her name, of course. I just said, you know, thank you very much for listening. So for if you're listening, whoever you were, I appreciate you uh, stopping me and, and saying thank you. So this is a labor of love, guys. Um, nobody's paying us to do this at this point. We would love to have sponsorships. And if someone owns a business in New England and would like to get their name out there, this is a perfect time for me to give you a little pitch that we will do ad reads. We will do product placements with our videos whatever send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com yeah we just we appreciate the love because we're just humble volunteers here trying to grow the game of rugby here in new england so let's get right into the outrider segment i had a meltdown earlier (laughs) i'm feeling a little bit better now it's just that loss man it it really I, i felt like a kid right so i'm gonna go on just a little bit further here with you guys like you feel like when you you believe in magic right and if any kids are listening turn this off right now uh adults that are still here when you think magic is is a real thing that exists and then you have that moment of realization that it's just like oh this it's just it's sleight of hand or you know whatever it is uh smoke and mirrors that's kind of the feeling that i got after we lost our first game at home at fort union point on saturday it's like you knew what was going to happen at some point and when it finally did it's such a bummer for that loss what would have been great is and, the, and this is something that dave and i talked about in one of the outrider segments at the very beginning of the, the season is wouldn't it be amazing if we went through the entire season without losing at home? And we almost made it, guys. And it felt like it could be possible. The best way to to rebound from that is to kick your rival's ass. And that's what I we hope to do this game coming up against the Dirt Packers. All right. So with, with that, with all of that, I'm going to send it over to the Outrider segment right now. Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I am joined, as always, by our co-host in the Outrider segment here. Dave, how the heck are you? I uh, am doing okay. A little bit down in the dumps after this week's uh, result. But 
excited for the upcoming match and eager to talk about everything that happened this weekend. You'll notice I am a man of my word, as I always tell people, look at this jersey, how disgusting and ugly it is. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, the bet that we had with Scott, the big guy, Ferrara, with me specifically. I bet that um, if the Free Jacks won the first game, that he would have to wear the Free Jacks kit. Unfortunately, that, that did not happen, so I had to wear the Rooney kit. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm just going to burst into flames. I don't know if it's just so hot or it's just because of the kit that I'm wearing here. But uh, A little column A, a little column B probably, right? Yeah, exactly. It is steamy, guys. It is. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, and it's super hot. I'm just completely covered in sweat right now. So we'll try to get through it here without passing out. Yeah, it is an absolute roaster. Glad it wasn't like this on Saturday. Yeah, thank goodness. That would have been awful, um, especially considering we lost the game, yeah. <laughs> uh, Free Jacks news, and it is a big week for Free Jacks news. I figured, oh, you know, we're out of the playoffs. We're going to have a slow news week, but nope, not exactly. Yeah, lots of stuff breaking. So Free Jacks had teased uh, uh, player photos of Justin Johnson and Quentin Newcomer holding a rugby ball to their ear like a phone with the date of the 28th on there. The announcement was a massive one. The Free Jacks are moving to Quincy, Mass. It's weird because actually Caitlin and I drove through Quincy to get to Pingham uh, before okay. we, had, we ate dinner there um, before yep. the game. So we passed by the original Dunkin' Donuts, which is awesome. And we, I think we actually might have passed by the new stadium and not realized that that was going to be the new stadium. Yeah, you may have. Absolutely. Um, let me see here. So our last home game of the season, which is going to be July 18th, we will be there, Rangers, instead of Fort Union Point. Yep, playing Ooh. against Atlanta. Yes. Looking forward to it. It's a very cool um, spot. I think more than anything else, uh, there's a lot of good stuff about the new stadium, Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy. Um, it's had a lot of renovations recently. Um, and the best thing for the new stadium is that it is good for the players. Uh, the players on both the Free Jacks and our visiting teams have had to use tents for dressing rooms. Um, it's been not ideal. So I'm really happy for those guys, first and foremost, yeah. that they're going to have a little bit better facilities to work in. And, you know, those kinds of things trickle down to the product on the field. So I, I really think that we'll see better rugby in, you know, this new better stadium. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's always the hope. I actually did get an interview with uh, the CEO of the Free Jacks, Magglesby, and we will. I'm going to describe that here in one second. So what happened was, guys, you know, I'm not an insider by any means. I'm just a hillbilly from North Carolina that's a fan of rugby, essentially. So um, what happened was, is I woke up that morning that it was announced on the 28th, as I always do around like 6:30. So I went immediately onto YouTube um, on my Roku TV. And I always watch a show that is uploaded very early in the morning. It's called Good Mythical Morning. So it's, just, it's a morning show. I happened to notice that the Free Jacks had put up their announcement of the new stadium uh, <laughs> very early. Uh, so I was like, okay, this is interesting. Let me go check to see, because I was going to retweet it. I figured the announcement had been made across all of social media, and right. it hadn't been. So I was like, okay, let me just put out here that this is breaking news. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think now I didn't get confirmation of this, of course, but I think that this could have been a mistake that they had put out the video. Yeah, um, at that time. my guess would be the video was done and they set it to publish that day, but maybe just had the time too early, right? Like yeah, they, yeah. You know, should have should have set it for noon or right. two or whenever. So about I'd say 10, 10, 15 minutes after I put out that breaking news across social media. Mags gives me uh, uh, sends me a DM, 
and he's like, I'm going to be in the car between this time and this time. Give me a call. We'll talk about the stadium. I'm like, holy crap, this is awesome. I'm going to have an exclusive radio interview with Max. And of course, he was awesome, as you would expect, as he always is. Um, and he gave us some insight. So I did um, write some questions down prior to the interview. So I wanted to go over those real quick. Um, I had heard rumors that White Stadium in Boston was being considered, not from any club sources, guys. They don't tell me anything. Uh, right. They just they leave me in the dark. That's perfectly fine. It's just a loose affiliation with the club to interview the players and coaches. That's it. Um, so it was not from them directly, but I had heard that they were considering White uh, Stadium. So his response to that was, uh, White would be great, but they're controlled by Boston public schools. He said it was not feasible. There's no parking around there. There's a tra there's a track around the stadium, which would have been weird. Um, and he also mentioned that there was a fire there a couple of years back that made some of the structure like not good. So that is okay. one thing that they, it sounds like they were considering it, but they chose Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy instead. Um, I asked if this is a lease or a uh, or a purchase, and he said that they are tenants to the city of Quincy. And I think in the press release or somewhere along the line, they did mention like a, a multi-year deal. So it's not just yeah. going to be a one and done here, guys, unless something very odd happens. Um, sounds like they could be breaking a contract if they left earlier. Um, so um, another thing here is, uh, will this create a delay to the goal of a rugby specific stadium? He said, there will not be any delay for the next uh, three or five years. There's a window here that they were talking about. They were looking for three to 5,000, uh, you know, uh, capacity stadiums. Five years away, um, you know, he mentioned 8,000 potentially. So they're really trying to gauge interest in how many mm -hmm. how they can grow the game and how many people they can get to, from game to game about when the, the new stadium that put, could, could potentially be built, in, you know, down the road, five years or so down the road. Um, let's see here. So no delay. This is just essentially um, Union Point was like the first – iteration of their plan and this seems to be like the medium medium area and the long-term goal is a rugby specific stadium i think that's fair to say based on yeah. what it told me um sounds reasonable i mean it's a little a baby steps approach sort of yeah um so i think that makes sense as a plan not a crawl before you, you can walk i guess yeah, uh, what were the key factors in selecting Veterans Memorial Stadium in Quincy? So I did have to write down quite a bit on this. He did mention quite a bit. He said public transportation was big to choose Quincy, um, that stadium there, um, close to the 93 um, corridor. He said infrastructure was huge for them. They've got, there's a video board there that can show replays for the fans. Um, yeah, brand new digital scoreboard. That was one of the updates that Cannons put in. Right. Um, so the Boston Major League Lacrosse team, the Boston Cannons, um, they just two years ago in 2019 put about one and a half million dollars in renovations into this. I believe it was through like another company, Heritage Sport Ventures, okay. which uh, MLR and the city of Quincy are partnering with for this. Okay. Um, uh, only because that company is owned by the former ma major owner of the Cannons. Got it's the same guy. Okay. So I have a feeling it was, you know, company money through that company heritage sports ventures rather than directly through the cannons which no longer exist right. the cannons have been absorbed into power lacrosse league which has a circuit model so they don't use a home field anymore like a racing circuit you know they travel all around a bunch of teams play you know derby style yeah. um and so it's really very fortunate for the free jacks that all these yeah. renovations have gone in um 
and they're in a position to just kind of move in and take over that great new scoreboard. I know they did a lot of infrastructure, locker room sort of upgrades. Yeah, he mentions uh, here that, you know, talks about infrastructure within the stadium, permanent brand new locker rooms, brand new restrooms. So this is not temporary. He, <clears throat> he mentioned temporary and permanent several times throughout the interview. There's an agreement for this field surface to be covered only with rugby lines during the games there. So that's huge for some people that watch it on TV or even, you know, if you're at the games, you're just like, there's too many lines on the field. It looks obnoxious. So that's going away for specifically there is an agreement within the contract. Um, so we only have the rugby lines on the pitch going forward for our games there, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm really curious how they're going to do that just from a like materials and field field management standpoint. Right. I saw somebody who suggested, you know, temporary paint that you could then power wash, you know, gently power wash off. That that mm -hmm. makes sense to me. Yeah. Something like that. I'm just curious if there are solutions already out there or if they're going to have to get creative. But I think it makes for a better TV product. I think it makes for a better product for the the fans who are there. Um, I personally, the, the Union Point lines don't bother me that much because the rugby lines are white. To me, that's the most important thing. Yeah. It's just they're the lines that jump out at you. I've also had to play on a lot of those irritating fields in my time so yeah. just you just kind of get get used to it eventually i guess sure uh let's see here more parking he said street parking will be available tailgating allowed um more handicap parking which is great um union point was temporary so he you know he loves to say the word bandwidth uh <laughs> that is definitely <laughs> his vocabulary so what he was talking about was it takes so much bandwidth for them each game day to um, put everything together, on, like the, the goalposts, all of that was temporary. They have to take it down every single game and then put it back up for every single game. So, you know, you know, there, were, there are rumors circulating around. There's, there's whispers about there was a lot of issues with the Union Point owners of the pitch and that area with, I don't know specifically if it was with the Free Jacks or, you know, the issues of parking and stuff like that. So, yeah, had, it was all of that stuff was just temporary. Um, and yeah. Yeah. The big, the big um, airplane hangar there near the parking, if you know, for fans who've been to the uh, Union Point Stadium, uh, gets rented out a lot at, for movie sets. I actually, do a lot of film filming there. Yeah. So if you notice uh, the first couple matches, you could park wherever. Nobody really cared. Um, then I think a tenant moved in um, to that hangar and you can actually see a house like the, like an A-frame house that's been built inside there for a movie wow. set. Um, if you pay attention this, this, you know, coming week, as you're there at union point, you get a glimpse. Um, it's what those yellow, there's lots of yellow signs directing the crew around. Um, anyway, so basically there's another big money tenant there now and they have, they're taking their big chunk of the parking and it's, gotcha. you know, caused a little bit of uh, consternation as they're just big lots that fans parked in before and now they're getting um, run off of. So not a major problem, but just kind of speaks to the fact that Union Point is a multi-use facility with lots of stuff going on. There's always a bunch of youth sports happening on the upper yep. fields during the Free Jacks games. So I can see as an organization, the attraction to just a purpose-built um, spectator stadium, even though even if it's not rugby-specific, uh, a, a good stadium for spectators. It's the only thing there. They're not competing um, right. with all those those other things, movie sets and youth sports and everything else. They can really put the focus on the Free Jacks. Yeah, with all of those issues with parking, with me, 
being the, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say like snobby or anything like that, but I have the preferred parking pass. So I haven't had any of those issues whatsoever. When people talk about it, it's like, huh? Uh, you know, at best $80 <laughs> I've ever spent, guys, uh, it, with the preferred VIP parking. So there's no issues whatsoever. Yeah, it was actually not a bad situation, even though like far parking, um, it's a seven minute walk to the stands. You yeah. know, it's it's really not bad. Um, it was, it was, I was saying before the announcement, I'm very happy about the new stadium, but um, parking was actually one of the nice things about Union Point, I think, it, it, aside from the little, you know, kerfuffle about one lot getting shut down mm-hmm. uh, suddenly one week. Um, you could show up 10 minutes before kickoff and park and know that you could park and walk in, you know, yeah. without, without having any looking for parking time, which is pretty ubiquitous about around Boston. Final um, thing I'll mention here with the interview with Mags, um, more vendors food vendors there will be more of those at the new place compared to the old place i did mention that specifically to him is that there will be more so that's great excellent great news um the other thing here is i've got two more things here in free jack's news um and we'll try to go through them quickly because that was you know that it's a big announcement right about the new stadium but dave and i went down to the forge uh last week just unbelievable um so the yeah, really jack's yeah, go ahead. Just really special to be, you know, given that chance to come in. So the Forge, if you guys don't know, is the Free Jacks headquarters. Um, they have a little office type area where they have meetings and do all of their everything practically uh, that you would think of other than being on the pitch is at mm. this uh, the Forge. And Dave and I were able to sit in on a team meeting, um, get a tour around the facility, uh, got to meet some of the players, talk to them very briefly. It was just unbelievable and this yep. was all because of our the donations that we had for coach ryan martin and the hat fund we we officially presented those to him and the big wacky check so it's just a, a great time all around i completely yeah. uh was starstruck had stars in my eyes um i like they were asking some questions in their player meeting just as a trivia thing and uh one of them was how many tries had dougie's uh, five scored and I looked at David and I was like, I think it's four. But, like, I know better than that. So <laughs> I was completely out of my mind. Like, there was, like, a five or four-second delay in my brain from, like, any type of situation going on. I was completely lost, guys. It was it was, it was pretty fantastic. Kenny stole your chair at one point. Yes, he Which did. was yes. hilarious. You got to get up and hand out some uh, – the Free Jacks give out team gifts to yep. players who hit certain cap levels. Yep. So I believe it was ties and hats, right? Is that right? Yes, it was. You got, you got a chance to hand those out to those guys who yep. hit five and ten caps, yep. which was pretty cool. Um, and while you were doing that, Kenny Harakiyama came over and sat down in your chair. Um, and it was it was just very funny. I don't know. You get yeah, so after have your chair after- stolen by you know one of the most capped Japanese forwards in history. Yeah, Pretty awesome. I figured he'd be a bit taller than he was, but I'm a, I'm a tall guy. So you know, he was like my shoulder length. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, after that, we left the building and I looked at you and I said, what the F just happened? I was just so, <laughs> it's so real. Amazing. Thank you so much. Free Jack's organization for that. that was yeah. Really- I really appreciate it. Everybody was very kind. Um, Ryan Martin and, uh, you know, really, and Tom Kenley really eager to show us around, showed us the coach's room, kind of the, the back office where they do all the technology with the GPS units and just, you know, kind of, showing us that the merch we really got to see the whole the whole kit and caboodle saw a couple players getting worked on uh in the in the uh treatment room and everything so really appreciate that um super cool i've been telling people um everybody i've been getting interested in the free jacks the the best thing about mlr is the accessibility and the humility of the players and the coaches um you know and that really put that on display 
That's I even really cool. Yeah, I even mentioned to you. Can you can you imagine the the uh, the Patriots doing this for fans? Like it's just, <laughs> it's just. I mean, the scale is completely different. I understand that, but it's just you know you can't even fathom it. Ever. Yeah, yeah. There's something to be said about the camaraderie of rugby. You know, it just as as an idea. Um, you see a lot of memes and jokes and stuff about it, but you know, if you can get out there and survive for 15 minutes, congratulations. You're a rugby player. You did right. it. You're one of us. And yeah. you know, every rugby player on the earth has got your back from that yeah. point on. That's true. Yeah. There's definitely that camaraderie there. Um, I speaking of coach Ryan Martin, it has been announced, um, that he will be leaving us at the end of the season and being, uh, the assistant to the head coach of the Melbourne rebels there in Australia at he will be the attacking coach. He's signed a two-year contract. So I've had people reach out to me through the uh, free, uh, the Jacks Rangers uh, social media saying what a bummer it is. And I was like, guys, it is, of course, a bummer. He's, he's been a fantastic addition um, to the staff. And, and, you know, we've done so well under him. But get used to it because, unfortunately, this league at this time in our history is going to be kind of like a testing grounds for players and coaches to prove themselves and get bigger deals um, somewhere else. Over yeah, and and that is a good thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and it's good, I would say, for, for two principal reasons. One is that it yeah. means that coaches and players don't have to worry that the MLR is a dead-end league for yeah. their careers, right? Um, I mean, we saw... Um, you know, we've we've seen now that the L.A. Giltini's coach has been signed to go coach in Australia. Australia has also kind of a rugby problem that people aren't aware. The sport has floundered a little bit in the last decade or so. There's a lot of chatter about television viewership and its competition with league. Um, but they're looking to try to kind of get a little bit of a renaissance in Australia. So it makes sense that they're shopping around for high caliber coaches who can bring something exciting. Uh, the Rebels could use an attack coach. They were three and five this season. They're the second worst team in the Australian Super League. Um, it is a great opportunity for Martin. I'm super happy for him. I hope it goes fantastic. He's going to get to coach uh, Corey Abidi, who is like 2019. He won the John Eels, you know, uh, Wallaby of the Year trophy. Uh, you know, he is just a, a really, really dynamic player. So it'll be really fun coaching that guy on the wing. I'm sure Martin is already drooling over what you know he can he can do so it's a it's a really cool opportunity very happy for him hope it goes fantastic um and you know it's it's only upwards for his career yeah. um and then we will get more ryan martins i mean it's big shoes to fill but metaphorically speaking because these guys are moving on to other coaching jobs in the rugby world good coaching jobs coaches are not going to be worried about coming to MLR and will continue to get really good coaches like these guys who will have a space where they can experiment a little bit, um, play with some dynamism. Um, and that means that they're going to keep improving the domestic players and the domestic coaches, which is the second, yep. second reason it's good is even if you only get Ryan Martin for a year, you get him for a year and he can really do what he can to raise the tide and raise all ships, so to speak. So um, it, we will miss him, definitely. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the, the, the last few matches and seeing what uh, little things get busted out of the toolbox because um, I think there's still you know, some, some hidden, hidden weapons in there. So yeah. congratulations to him. 
absolutely congratulations and hopefully we'll have him on the show before um we kind of go on a hiatus for the off season um i was assured by the club that we can get him on here at some point after the season so uh that'll be great um a nice little send-off for him Okay, um, moving into rapid reaction, I'll try to go through this pretty quickly here. We had New Jersey at Toronto. The score on that was 31, 31 to 24. So while we were at our game, I was hoping that Toronto would have done us a favor uh, and beaten New York, but unfortunately it just wasn't our day in all facets. Um, I, I saw the score on my phone. And I said, oh, darn, they didn't, they didn't beat them. So uh, another Atlanta doubleheader for round 15. New Jersey gets uh, two textbooks lineouts to maul tries in this game. So this is going to come back later on in my key to the game. New Jersey is so good at this, guys. I mean, it's just it's just automatic at this point for them to, yeah. you know, get the ball um, in a lineout situation within like the five-ish meter line and just maul it right in from the line. Yeah, they like to set up with um, short lineouts. Yep. So only like four guys in there instead of the normal up to seven, right? Uh, they like to set up with a few, and what that does is lets you just get a really tight little mall formed and moving. Um, they use a forward. A lot of teams now use a forward in the nine slot instead of the scrum half. They have a, a forward there, one meter back. Um, sometimes you have the nine over where the hooker stands defensively. Uh, but on attack, uh, the nine is just dropped back, and you just have forwards in there. The ball comes down, and that guy on the nine slot is an extra forward. So now you've got five forwards against four. Um, and it's it's really good. They get those malls set very quickly, and they get them moving very quickly, and that's what makes them uh, hard to stop. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. It's hard to argue that the Dirt Peckers uh, have the best line out mall tries in the league. It's hard to argue against that. Um, let's see here. 19 minutes into the game, New Jersey was gifted a try from uh, the re recommendation of the assistant referee. Uh, it actually looked like a non uh, knock on in the end goal area uh, in the replays there. Obviously, it's uh, in real time, so he got the call wrong on that. So they were gifted a try. Um, ben Foden scored a try, but in the process of doing so, he injured himself, and I guess he was taken off at halftime. So I asked um, Scott about that in the uh, interview, and he said that he should be fine and should start in the game against us. Unfortunately, Ben Foden's a, a great player. <laughs> yeah. Halftime score 24 to 17 with the Dirt Peckers on top. New Jersey was just too much for Toronto in this one. Um, next one on here is Utah at Houston. Sneaky Houston try from my favorite name in rugby, Dicky Dicky Lati, at 15 minutes in. Turns out to be Houston's only points of the game, and I'll tell you the score on that one. That one was, let me see here, Utah 24. Houston five. Okay, so that makes sense. Yeah, they only scored one try. No conversion on that. Halftime score 12 to five with Utah on top. Utah gets a second bonus point try to end the game, which uh, which on Saturday had them leading the Western Conference by one point, but LA did eventually win. So I guess they're back on top now of yep. the Western Conference. Uh, DC at Atlanta. I'm trying to go quick here, guys, because we've spent a lot of time in Free Jacks news here. Um, DC at Atlanta. So this was 12 uh, DC and... 32 to Rugby Atlanta, or ATL, as they like to call themselves. Uh, swampy conditions with downpours throughout the game. I'm feeling swampy right now in this room. <laughs> uh, throughout the game uh, of this doubleheader in Atlanta, again this week, DC did not con uh, DC got a consolidation try at the death, but Atlanta was just too strong for DC on the day. Um, if you're a betting man, I would have bet uh, Atlanta all day long in that one. Um Moving right along here, Utah, or excuse me, 
Austin at San Diego. Let's scroll on this one. 33 uh, Austin to 14 San Diego. Uh, Houston Bobble leads to a galloping try for first blood to San Diego at three minutes in. Uh, 3-0 San Diego leading this low scoring affair into the 30th minutes. Okay. Uh, beautiful timed interception um, at 35 minutes leads to a try for San Diego. Halftime score was 14-14. Great to see USA Eagle Nate Osberger back from injury, uh, but a charge down of one of his box kicks uh, sees Austin speed past San Diego for a try and to seal the victory. Last week it was LA, now it's Austin. The Gilcrest Twins have feasted on the Legion the past two weeks. That's good. <laughs> so the last one that I have here is LA at Seattle. I actually didn't watch these highlights until I'd say on my lunch break today. Uh, I was going to be like, you know, just read the score and say, well, you kind of figured this was going to be the case, but I actually did. I did write some notes here, guys. Uh, it was 98 degrees at kickoff in the Pacific Northwest. That is yeah. sizzling, guys. They it, delayed no. it until seven, I believe. They, de they delayed the kickoff several hours just to get it down under 100. Apparently, it felt like a hundred degree, a hundred and one degrees, based on the um, the uh, little graphic there before the game. So it's actually probably about a hundred and one degrees in this apartment right now. So uh, I feel for the Seattle fans. Uh, LA scored a try uh, before the two minute mark in this game. I mean, talk about um, setting the tone early. Uh, Halftime score twenty six to zero. Hats off to Seattle fans that stayed the entire game in that heat. Early into the second half, um, there was two yellow cards for L.A., very close together, um, and they went down to 13 men. L.A. scores three points during that time. Seattle scores only seven. Um, Seattle did not have enough to overcome the halftime score, essentially, is the uh, the rundown there. That score was 29 to 14. Yep. And that brings us to our game. <clears throat> so... As I'm wearing a New Jersey jersey here, um, I so in the earlier parts of this um, episode here, which is called Revenge Week, I definitely had a meltdown. I I definitely edited out a lot of the stuff because I went I went into like some f bombs, guys, that I edited <laughs> out of the podcast. It's just I was absolutely gutted at the end of the game. You know, talk, you want to talk about a tale of two halves? I mean, I've got tons and tons of notes here but i was just so disappointed my girlfriend knew it too for like two days i was just down in the dumps how about you dave oh yeah about the same i kept i kept um saying to my wife you know it feels feels a lot a lot better to watch them win those close games and those comebacks than to, to watch them lose uh right. we've definitely been a little bit spoiled you know five wins at home um just tremendous so we, we were definitely due a loss but it it still hurts. Um, it was frustrating because they made like uncharacteristic sorts of mistakes. I thought that they did a lot really well. Um, there were a few issues that just stopped them from getting their attack going. Um, yeah. They both teams dropped the ball a lot, which interrupted the, the continuity for both teams. Um, Nola was very aggressive at the breakdowns and I think just barely edged us out there. Uh, New England was very competitive. I mean, we were in there trying to compete, but Nola is, is a, they have a big, tough pack. They got guys who are really tough to dislodge. Cam Dolan is just a unit 
you know, and he was he was very disruptive. Um, our lineouts, even without Josh Larson, our lineouts I felt were actually pretty good. Uh, we got guys up, especially on defense. We were disruptive. Um, Cam Dolan was just more disruptive. Uh, he's really difficult to manage there. Um, I don't know that the lineouts would have gone a lot better even with Josh here. Um, I thought that Jackson and Connor and Tara were all doing a really good job of getting up there. Tara is a really good defensive jumper. He, he gets up there really quickly and can really yeah. mess with the other team's throw. Uh, but they just couldn't get anything going, yeah. even with all that. I noticed a lot of passes were uh, behind the runners, so we couldn't get we couldn't get on the front foot metaphorically and even literally a lot of the time, mm-hmm. where guys were having to stop. Um, or slow their their pace to reach behind them to catch a pass, um, and it just it hurt. It made it tough to watch because they would get a good line out and then get the ball out wide, and then you know a, an errant pass would kill the momentum, and, and they would they would lose all the go forward that they would worked really hard to get. Um, Chris Lind, I talked to in the parking lot, friend of the show, give him a shout out. He noted that uh, the Free Jacks changed up. Their line-out tactics, when the mall wasn't working, they just stopped. They went off the top, um, which is absolutely right. It's one of the good – they made good adjustments like that. Uh, it just wasn't – it wasn't enough uh, yeah. at the end of the day. we, we You got to score tries to win, and our attack just wasn't getting us down there. There was a couple of situations at the very beginning of the game where we were down within their 22, and we really threw practically everything at them to try to score a try, and it did not happen. So – I think um, the first penalty that we received, or at least one of the, one of the first ones, we uh, we kicked for the corner, and I thought that's you know perfect decision there, but we just could not punch it in. So the next time we took the three points, mm-hmm. and that was really the theme of the first half is, you know, we just didn't score enough points. And Mags actually has talked about that um, <clears throat> when I had the uh, the uh, phone interview with him is that you know we briefly discussed the game and he said we just didn't score enough points in the first uh, the first uh, half there. To, yeah. to win the game and uh he's right you know we basically left 20 well we could have scored 21 points but we came away with nine right yeah um let me see here yeah so half the time score was nine to zero with our jacks in the lead but shutting uh lead shutting our nola shutting out nola for the first 40 minutes there at this point of course you have to be feeling good about the game the concerning thing for me was no tries and how solid nola's defense was Nola gets a line-out uh, mall try that uh, included some backs joining the mall. I saw that in the highlights. I think their number 10 jumped in there, um, yeah. and that was at 44 minutes. So they absolutely needed that uh, to gain any type of momentum. They were they were shut out in the first half. So that was the first overall try in the game, and that was 44 minutes in. Yeah. So And then they, they, they scored again just a few minutes later. Yeah. Um, and I think that was part of what made it so tough was, was the first half looked like – it was going to be a, a grind fest. You know, we took the nine points we could get um, through the sticks. Uh, and and then the second half kind of expected more of the same. And then in 10 minutes, Nola scored twice. Suddenly we were chasing the lead and they just looked in control from that point on. That's right. So they, 
they scored 17 unanswered points essentially um, in the second half because they the final score was 17 to nine. My moment of the game was the lineout break from I think his name is Capello leading into a running rugby try that seemed to be out of bounds per the AR on the side of the pitch. But after a meeting with the referee, Nola was awarded a penalty try due to a high, high tackle at the end of the play by uh, as we call him Harry Bar- uh, Barton, <laughs> Harry Barlow. <laughs> Wheelbarrow, uh, this, Barton, Barlow. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, this was the beginning of the end uh, of the home winning streak as Nola went ahead in the match and never looked back. Um, so uh, Jack's offside as Nola was attacking leads to a successful penalty kick to extend the lead to eight points with eight minutes left. A lot of crowd noise before and during this kick and the one before it uh, that was unsuccessful made me raise an eyebrow and think back to our respect <laughs> the kicker decision a few weeks back. Um, adding insult to injury that there there was a lack of discipline that returned in this must win game if you recall mm-hmm. uh 30 uh, seven, excuse, excuse me 73 minutes in Aleki Morris Lome shoulder charges leads to uh Nola throwing punches and two yellow cards are issued one for each team the yeah. knock on with 2 minutes to go um sorry go ahead oh no just going to talk about that tempers were already high cuz Earlier, uh, Seth Fosse had had jumped to block a kick, and as he came down, he connected with the kicker, um, and they did connect high. What the ref said in that situation was that Seth, I couldn't hear it. I wasn't on the field, but the ref said really clearly he was yelling the whole time, like he was trying to warn the kicker Okay, because he had jumped. I mean, you can't change where you're arc is going when you when you're jumping he jumped to block the kick right and then as he came down he was warned he warned the guy essentially nola didn't care you know their their guy got charged or late hit as they felt the ref disagreed but um they were already mad um and then alecki came in and made that tackle it was it was a scramble he was coming in kind of at a hot angle Mm -hmm. and uh the ball carrier ducked he made contact with the head it's definitely a card um, and yeah, they got, they got punchy. Nola took big exception and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the first real punch throwing fight we've seen all season, right? Yeah, we've seen a lot of grabbing and, you know, the Jersey Jersey tugging, um, that is pretty much the limit most of the time. I love when they take the jersey and they 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 grab it like this, and then they use their their fist to punch up like this. But it's the jersey hitting you. That's that's pretty fun. Right. Yeah. See that. Stop hitting yourself with your shirt. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. It really shows that that the level of competition was high from both teams. They they knew. Um, like we noted last week, this was place was playoff rugby. This is kind of the first playoff match of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, because the winner was probably going to get uh, be in contention for that second spot behind Atlanta, and the loser is not. So, yeah. So, um, so knock on with two minutes to go halts the Jacks attack and this and seals the win for Nola, who are now four points behind the Dirt Peckers of New Jersey. Um, it's hard to pick an MVP in this game. It's it's hard to pick them for a losing game for the most part. But I think it has to go, in my opinion, to Bodine Waka, the only port point scorer in the match for our Free Jacks. And my understanding now is that he's over 100 points um, for our Free Jacks. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I picked Bodine Waka as well. Um, I thought that he really delivered strongly in the kicking game. Um, 
uh, attacking at, at 10, he also delivered. Uh, I don't feel like the passing from him was the issue with the attack. You know, he ran the attack pretty well. It was usually a phase or two after he'd touched the ball that things kind of started to break down. Um, so definitely my pick for player of the game. Yep. <clears throat> um, Go ahead. A tough one. You know, sometimes you put in a good performance and your team, uh, you know, just doesn't win anyway. I felt like that's what he did. Absolutely. I agree a thousand percent. Um, musket size pants tent. Of course it goes to Cam Dolan. What an absolute beast. The captain of NOLA also happens to be the most experienced USA Eagle on the roster with 51 caps. I even tried to heckle him a little bit, but my my voice, because I had been yelling pretty much the entire game, it actually kind of crackled uh, um, <laughs> as I was yelling. So people got a kick out of that. But what I had said was, Cam, don't you have a flight to catch? Because uh, this <laughs> – I, I imagine he's probably on the flight right now, uh, yeah. or if not landed already in the UK because he's got to play. Uh, was it Ireland and um, uh, England? This, England this and Ireland, yeah. Yeah, uh, right. Um, yeah, he he definitely played. He played very well. Um, the commentators, if you watch the match, you know they noted that he's somebody who it's easy to take for granted because he does perform so consistently. Uh, he was man of the match in the broadcast. He definitely earned it. We already talked about how disruptive he was in the lineouts. Um, there was also a moment. I'll try to clip it and get a, a gif of it. Um, we can throw up on social media. There was a moment where there was a ball in the deck bouncing around, and Cam Dolan picks it up. He just gathers a loose ball. And uh, John Poland comes in to make a tackle on him. And the size disparity between the two of them is just tremendous. And JP's not a small guy. No. You know, Um but Cam is so huge that he just sticks one very, very, very long arm down and just kind of swats JP out of the way. And then with his other arm reaches out and kind of backhand offloads it. And it's just effortless. And you think about, you know, this guy without breaking stride, just gathered a ball off the deck, fended a player and made a fantastic offload mm -hmm. to set up a counterattack from his team. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that Cam Dolan brings, you know. Just an unbelievable player. There was a moment there where I thought uh, Mitch Wilson was on a trajectory to try to tackle Cam, and I was like, "God, this is going to be so bad!" Like, and, and like it, it didn't happen. Something maybe a Cam sidestep or something like that. But I, I yelled out, "Like, I bet your life flashed before your eyes there, my friend." You know, because <laughs> it's that you don't want to talk about sizes. You know, the difference there. That's a huge one for Mitch and uh, Cam. So, yeah, um, I. I feel like I've, I've taken a shower during this and I'm just completely covered in sweat. I don't know about you, but this is a, and I feel like I'm in North Carolina again. This is nuts. Yeah. Back really. It's like being back home for you. Yeah. Yeah. Only you have AC down there. Yes, exactly. Not up <laughs> here though. Yeah. No, not so much. Uh, let's see here. Um, so I just wanted to mention I, I, with, with just the final moment, you know, thoughts of the game. It's just so gutted. Um, we had an opportunity there, and I mentioned earlier in the podcast that's going to be in, in this one uh, for Revenge Week is, uh, yeah, it just feels like you're a kid and you're told that Santa doesn't exist or magic isn't real <laughs> after that game. You're just like you, you want to believe that it's possible that we can go undefeated at home and sneak our way into the playoffs here, but it's just it, it you know it just wasn't in the cards. I actually felt really good the entire game. Like I was in a great mood prior mm -hmm. to and during the game. Um, but yeah, it, it just didn't work out for us. It was a bad day to be a free jack, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's how the, the guys will feel too. Um, 
it's a it's a tough loss in some ways. Uh, it means that the rest of the season can be a little bit more focused on. Um, uh, I, I don't want to say that it won't be competitive because these guys are professionals and they're going to be competing the same way, you know, whether it's a playoff spot on the line or not. But uh, it can be a little bit freeing and sometimes the pressure can go down a little bit and you can actually see a team start playing maybe a little bit better rugby. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I already said that I'm looking forward to any new surprises, some of those you know complicated set piece attack plays and things like that um, that we might get a chance to to see. So um, it is disappointing to know that uh, we're we're probabilistically eliminated from the playoffs. There are like Byzantine scenarios in which we could theoretically make it, but they're vanishingly unlikely. Right. It's not impossible, but it's improbable that we'd make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's very unlikely that with games against, you know, teams like Houston, we see Nola and New York just get no more points. It's, yeah. you know, pretty much not going to happen. No. So. So the good thing about this week is it is revenge week. We have an opportunity to knock the New Jersey Dirt Packers down a peg or two. And it's potentially the case that um, Nola could leapfrog over them in, into second place there. Um, I don't think Nola has a bye week, so I'm assuming if they win their game and we beat um, the uh, the Dirt Peckers that they would leap over them. Um, but what I wanted to mention right now is just the preview of the, of the game. So the New Jersey Dirt Peckers will be pecking their way up from New Jersey to Fort Union Point for the first time. They're currently sitting pretty in second place in the Eastern Conference with 46 points. The Dirt Peckers have won nine games and only lost four. Uh, four. Uh, New Jersey beat the Jacks on May the 29th at their home stadium in New Jersey by a score of 19 to 29. The overall series is tied one to one. So I had Scott on, you know, earlier in the episode, or excuse me, that would be later on the way that I do the format, but he was fantastic. You know, obviously broke down uh, New Jersey very well as he is their super fan, the most, you know, probably famous uh, fan that they have on the internet out there in podcastville. I'm looking forward to meeting him uh, at Union Point this yeah, this weekend. He's, he's going to be he's going to be yep. in, the, in the brigade, guys. He will be there for uh, the okay. game. So make sure you you stop by the brigade and take uh, say hello. Uh, let him know that you're a ranger, that you listen to the show, you're a Free Jacks fan, and buy him a beer. That would be fantastic. I'm sure he would appreciate it very much. Absolutely. <clears throat> tell tell us about uh, New Jersey, Dave. Um. Well, I think the most important thing going into it is to note that for the next couple of weeks, um, international players, as we talked about, will be gone. So they're going to be missing some really key guys. Um, one of their centers is out for Canada duty. And then three, uh, excuse me, four of their forwards are going to be out for international duty. One going to Brazil and three going to play for USA, um, including both locks, uh, Nate Brakely, and Nick Civetta. So I think that there is some vulnerability there, um, especially around the set piece that the Free Jacks could be able to um, exploit a little bit. So look for some opportunities there. Uh, they're going to be having to bring in some um, new starting players, just missing those five guys. Uh, they're still... <laughs> They, New York has a lot of threats. So even those international players, um, 
gone, they're still going to have most of their top performers around. So they actually provide a really great little um, stat breakdown on their website. It only runs for the first six weeks of the competition. Um, they haven't updated it since then. But you can kind of go and look and see where where these guys pop up and where they don't. Um, in terms of tackles, Nate Brakely is one of their uh, hardworking uh, forwards. He does a lot of work, both carrying the ball and making tackles. Um, they'll be missing that. Hanko um, is also just a force. He had two tries last week, would have had three, but didn't quite make it. Um, he is ridiculous at open side flank. Um, and so a big part of the story this coming weekend is going to be not you know, the New York that is there, but the New York that isn't. So I think we have a pretty good shot. Um, and it's going to be interesting. We do have, still have to neutralize guys like, um, you know, Ben Foden and uh, Ben Bonasso. Like they, they have a lot of really big threats with the ball still. So don't take that preview to mean that I'm saying these guys are going to be pushovers. It's going to be a really tough game, right. um, but missing those key guys levels the playing field a little bit yep. um, and makes it a lot, a lot closer competitively. I agree. You know, they will, they will be hurting and missing their international uh, players that are now um, in there. They're going to be getting ready for their tests. Um, I have our key to the game here is neutralize the line out to try uh, mall tries I mentioned that earlier in the uh, the Outrider segment here. You know, that is something that they, it is like their bread and butter uh, for scoring tries. It's kind of something that they just, they just do, and it, it almost seems like effortless at this point. It's automatic for them to score um, five points on that at least. So neutralize the line out to mall tries is my key to the game. What about you, Luther? Um, I do think that, that it, the line out is going to be critical. Um, I'm more interested in it as, an, as its return as an attacking platform for the Free Jacks. Um, so while stopping the, the mall tries is going to be important, we've got to generate our own tries off the line out. Um, so my key to the game um, would be use the line out for front football. Um, we've got to see better front football. Um, in the phases, especially on those launch plays where you're really counting on converting some of those into tries. Okay. Um, so clean up uh, the offensive momentum and bring that back, front football. Okay, perfect. Um, so now it's prediction time. I'll let you go first. Ooh, I think it's going to be tough. Um, I have not yet predicted a free jacks loss, and I'm not going to start now. Uh, so it's going to be tight. Um, and I think that we are going to see both teams um, not putting up giant scoreboard numbers. I think the Free Jacks are trying to settle back into an offensive groove, and I wouldn't expect a huge rebound. So I'm going to say that uh, New York is probably always good for at least 17 points. Um, okay. So we're going to have 17 to New York. And we're going to see 28 to New England okay. as we edge them out late. We're going to have one of those late match score fests that we love so much. So um, we're I, I have New Jersey with 14 here. Okay, so we're pretty close on that. Where we differ is my prediction for the New England score here is 34. I'm going to tell you why. Ooh. It is not based on any type of logic. It's simply <laughs> based on emotion. 
So after the game where we we basically crash out of the playoff contention against NOLA, like I said, I was absolutely gutted, devastated. So what you know what happens when people are like that? They they reach out for comforting things, right? So for me, that was our win in Las Vegas to start our MLR odyssey here against New York in Las Vegas. We beat them by the same score, by 20 points. So 14, uh, New Jersey, 30, uh, 34 to us. So I, I'm reaching back out to that feeling and saying, okay, I loved it. I was there. Um, unbelievable scenes. You know, there was like maybe uh, 20 other people, including myself there. But by <laughs> God, it was amazing to watch. And um, so I'm just reaching back out to those, not based on logic, not based on rosters right now. It's just simply, I want to see a 20-point victory by the Free Jacks coming off of a game that we had to win and didn't show up in the second half, you know, couldn't muster a single try to try to continue to our playoff hunt. So that, you know, it's just a gut punch. So the response to that needs to be, let's dominate this team that's currently in second place that we do not like that is our closest regional rival um, and take the series. This is the rubber match right here. It's one-to-one -one so far. So let's beat them in dominating fashion. Let's give a call back to the Las Vegas game and absolutely whip their ass. I like that. Synchronicity. Yeah. Not, you know, based solely on truthiness and feeling. Right. Uh, may it be so. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't spend any time whatsoever in considering – what may happen i just considered what i want to happen so I, the prediction probably is going to be way off but you know that's just how i feel man i, I want us to win this game I, my heart was broken after losing nola so what better way to make our ourselves as a team as a culture as a fan base feel better than to beat our rival absolutely it would certainly be a nice um you know balm for the wound yeah, let's make sure Scott has a very long trip back uh, to upstate New York. Um, yeah. And he'll we want him to be a very sad man on Saturday. Amen. Um, but, you know, ultimately, um, the bet is still on, guys. So if he, if we win, if the Free Jacks win, he will have to wear a Free Jacks kit. I've already paid for it. I've already shipped it to him. That's how good I feel about us winning this game. So he will have the kit. There's no excuses as to, you know, oh, I don't have anything. to. Yeah. So I've already purchased it for him to wear. So hopefully that comes to fruition. Let's beat New Jersey's ass, guys. Go Free Jacks. Let's ride. Huzzah, baby. Woo! Huzzah! Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys there. See you there. All right, that was the Outriders segment with Phil and Dave here at the Jacks Rangers show. Tell us how we did. Send us show feedback and input at jacksrangersshow at gmail.com. Send us a direct message on Twitter or a message on Facebook, Instagram. However you want to reach out to us, we are available on all of those two social media platforms. What do you guys think about possible merchandise down the line? Let us know what you think about merchandise for the show. If you would pay money for like a t-shirt or a koozie with the logo on there and our catchphrases, I thought a good one would be a musket size pants tent as a t-shirt. Let me know if you would spend money on the Jack's Ranger Show merchandise. We would appreciate it. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com regarding that. I'm still looking for input from social media in terms of questions that you have for the show that we can you know read on future episodes that sort of thing let us know about some of that so we can throw it on the questions that we can have on the show in the future all right uh, next on the docket here is the dirt pecker super fan scott the big guy ferrara scott 
has been a great friend of the show. Scott was one of the first people that I reached out to in regards to doing a podcast, and he was very helpful and insightful about all of that. So Scott is forever etched into the history of the Jacks Ranger show, even though he's a big-time dirt pecker, guys. We love Scott. Wish him well with uh, the Rugby Rant podcast that he does, and also the Rooster Booster Time podcast, which is everything Rooney, everything New Jersey, everything Dirt Peckers. So if you're interested in that for some odd reason, you can check him out on everywhere where you get podcasts. The glorification of New Jersey is out there for you to listen to. So we're going to get right into it here with Scott, the big guy Ferrara, with my New Jersey kit on. Ugh, I feel like I'm just going to burst into flames when I'm wearing this ugly, disgusting kit. But hey, it is what it is. I'm a man of my word. I'm wearing the jersey. I hate it. But uh, hey, hopefully our free jacks can come away with a big win against Rooney this week at Fort Union Point. So he has to wear our beautiful kit next time we see him on the show. Here we go, guys. Our interview with Scott, the big guy, Ferrara, right here on the Jacks Rangers show. Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. I've got our buddy, Scott uh, Ferrara, the big guy here with us. Rooney super fan, extraordinaire. I am wearing the jersey here, guys. I just want to rip it off like a Hulkamaniac. Uh, but um, I'm not. So uh, I was hoping that it would get lost in the mail, right? But uh, it is here. So, you know, it, I'll wear the horse blanket for this game. Hopefully I don't have to wear it for the next game. Scott, how the hell are you? Uh, I'm doing well, Phil. I appreciate the uh, the great introduction. And listen, you're a man of your word, and I didn't think you wouldn't be. I'll be quite honest. Uh, I, I had I had this nice kit that was uh, that that I had that I wasn't going to fit me, and I said, you know what, this would be perfect for Phil. And listen, even if you never wore it, it's just a, a kit in the collection, to be honest. And that's always something you always like. Yeah, I'll use it as a bath mat. <laughs> <laughs> Wash your car with it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we've already cracked open our beer. It's hot as hell um, here today. It is Monday. It's like ninety percent humidity and ninety degrees. So we're just going at it, folks. Um, yep. Unplug your social media. And uh, your podcast, my friend. Sure. So you can check me out at the Rugby Rant um, podcast. Um, you can check out our Facebook uh, page. Check out the MLR Fan Zone is our group we run. And uh, we're on TRN every Friday morning. You can check out our Rant episodes. Monday nights, we do interviews. Um, we've had Kyle Sakara on. We've had Alex Magleby on. Um, you can check us at Rugby Rant Pod on all social media. And if you guys ever want to ch- take a look at seeing what the, the uh, Rugby United New York fans are doing, you can check us out at Rooney Fans. You know, we have a lot of fans who do some great memes, things, the fun things like that. So check us out. Cool. We're going to jump right into it because we've got a, a big game this Saturday. It's Revenge Week is what we're calling this episode. So Rooney are currently sitting pretty. Uh, in second place in the Eastern Conference at 46 points, nine wins to four losses, a point differential of plus 13. The Jacks won the first ever meeting between these two teams in Las Vegas. I was there. It was amazing. Uh, this was last year, a 20-point differential there, 34 to 14. I was sick as a dog, but I partied my ass off that night. <laughs> Since then, unfortunately, the Dirt Packers have beat the Jacks on May the 29th in New Jersey by a score of 19 to 29. The all-time series is now tied one-to-one, so we'll have a series um, tiebreaker here on Saturday, and you will be there, my friend. Yes, sir. I'll be at the rubber match. I'm excited. Uh, Real quick, I think the weather's supposed to be something like 70 degrees and rainy, so it's going to be interesting. Hmm, I hadn't looked into that, but that's uh, good to know. Good to know. What is the best way to describe Rooney's play style at this point in the season? 
I think it's a it's going to be a mix of what people consider a solid northern hemisphere style versus and a solid a solid southern hemisphere style. And what I mean by that is, Bahrain doesn't do the traditional box kick all the time. They they can do that, but on the northern hemisphere side, I'd say they their set piece is something that they constantly work on lineouts, malls, obviously, um, and scrums, right? And they've built a team that that can try and dominate those at any point in the match. And then their back line is that free flowing southern hemisphere you know, hit the game line as fast as you can. And I think a lot of the MLR's back lines have, have moved to that. And I think that's why you've seen the score lines you've seen and the great success a lot of teams have been having. I think up front really varies a little bit in, in how they built the squad to get that, like I said, quote unquote, Northern Hemisphere style. So I think they just have a good mix of, going, of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah, I think you want to have that mixture for a, a team that is very successful for sure. And we've seen that with Rooney, nine wins and four losses. They're doing something right. What does Rooney do well as a team and what do they need to improve at this point in the season? I think Rooney does well on defense. Um, They've gotten their communication down. And to be honest, the first, I want to say two bad losses, uh, one against Nola was almost a 50 point loss. Uh, One against Toronto was a 40 point loss. What really came down to their lack of communication on defense and having these big open gaps. And what the, what both of those teams did against Rooney was, you know, brought in, brought in in the A gap. And then all of a sudden these gaps were created on the outside and they took advantage. Rooney has seemed to step up the communication and they're really doing well on the defensive line, making great tackles, jackling the ball, poaching the ball. So I think what they have done best. So, so far is communicate Um, what they need to improve at this point in the season. uh, We saw this last week is just their handling errors. uh, To be quite honest, they had quite a lot of handling errors last week, which they, they, didn't need to have um, that was something again we saw early in the season a lot of these I think every team could say early the first five matches in the season whatever mistakes were going on was pretty much due to lack of continuity and synergy because of COVID lack of practice lack of preseason matches but now when you're coming into it you just can't have those handling errors so I'd say they communicate well as a team but they need to improve their handling gotcha all right who is your MVP so far in the season so I have to, I have to say, a dual MVP at this point. Um, Dan Hollins had uh, looked to be looked to me like he was going to be the MVP of the season. Unfortunately, about five matches ago, he got hit off the ball, uh, not called, and he injured his shoulder. Um, and then Harry Bennett came in and kind of had a seamless transition. Um, he, Harry Bennett's been playing out of his mind. Um, he never got the chance to play, to put put in the minutes in 2019 and 2020, and now he's making the most of his opportunity. And now I honestly think, um, you know, rumor is Dan Hans had might be back this week. It'll be tough for Marty Veal to pick who he wants to play at 10, but I think this entire season you could split them and, and call them both the MVP. Wow, incredible. Um, let's see here. What is your key to the game against the Free Jacks this weekend? I think like I said before, most of it's going to be the handling errors, especially with this weather that we're, I mean, we're, we're recording this on, on a Monday for, for those viewers who don't know. So obviously the weather can change fast in the next five to, to six days. Um, but if it's going to be a wet one, I'm going to have to say definitely the handling errors because it killed them in Atlanta against Toronto and the weather was fine. Well, gotcha. Okay. So cut out a lot of sloppy ball. Lot of oh yeah. It was terrible. My key to the game is, you know, I've watched a couple – I've watched a lot of highlights of Rooney. I've watched maybe one or two of their games full on. And the one thing that I'm noticing is their kind of trademark in the forward area is just maul – well, lineouts to maul to score, to tries. Um, 
And that seems to be something that they do frequently and multiple times in a game. So if we can kind of stop them, or I'm sure a lot of teams have said we want to neutralize this, but they don't do it. So the Free Jacks have to find a way to neutralize the line out to mall tries, which uh, New York is famous for. Absolutely. And I think you also have to watch out and they pulled it off this week. They didn't score it off of it directly, but they ended up scoring a couple of phases later was they run a fake mall to the flanker and then he throws it out to the back line and, and they run a couple plays and we scored off of that twice directly. And then, like I said, last week, we didn't score off it directly, but three or four phases down the line, we went, we, and we dotted one down. So it's not just, you know, it, it, the mall kind of sets up that fake if you can use it in a good tactical situation. Gotcha. Very nice. Um, let me see here. So your score prediction for the game, my friend. <sighs> I'm bad at predicting the actual score. I'm better at the split, but I'm probably going to say Rooney 24, Free Jacks 21. And I think it's going to be close, but I also feel like Rooney's going to have a bunch of people back. You know, so for those fans that don't know, or maybe don't, they don't follow the international teams. uh, Rooney just lost Wilton Rabolo. He plays for Brazil. Um, Quinn Nwadi. He plays for Rugby Canada. Hanko Hermesice, Nate Brakely, Nick Savetta, all selected and traveling with the Team USA squad. And Dylan Fawcett, while he was selected, is not traveling. He's kind of like the break glass in case of emergency. If somebody really gets hurt, he can fly out there if he needs to be. Um, but you know, he was he was he was selected but not traveling. So I mean, Rooney's losing five really good guys, including two of their starting locks and one of their starting flankers. I'm glad you brought that up. I did uh, skip over a question here, so just to go back to that real quick. What players will be stepping up for Rooney that the Jacks may not have heard of or may not be aware of that will be now starting in this game? Um, so starting, you're probably going to see Charlie Hewitt uh, played for the Sabercats in 2019 and 2020, was traded to Rooney. Um, even though he's an English national, I believe this year he became USA Eagle eligible because um, he's never played for the English national team and he's been here for the, I think he's under the three-year, the old three-year rule um check him out his minutes right now down the stretch are going to determine whether or not he gets an invite for the <clears throat> excuse me the world cup the world cup qualifiers against canada um and th- that's a guy that they would like to bleed in because they have guys like nate uh, nick savetta and nate Brakeley, and they're getting a little older they want to start bleeding in some of these younger guys especially locks and the second guy i'll talk about is rob aramescu um he'll be moving he won't be starting but he'll be moving from third string hooker to second string hooker he'll be backing up dylan fawcett um he's played a little bit on the fringes for um the flanker for the uh, um lose forward positions uh, recently, but now he's, he's going to get some meaningful minutes at hooker where he's been practicing all season. All right. So, so I'll go back to my score prediction here. So I've changed this. I might've sent you in our show notes here, a different amount that I'm actually going to say. So, okay. um, you know, earlier in the podcast, folks that are listening in um, for the entire show, I had a little bit of a meltdown as I was describing our loss to um, Nola gold. Dude, I've been there. I've been there. I was just so devastated. You know, I wanted to believe in the magic of going the entire season undefeated at home, and it didn't happen for us. So, you know, I I got a little upset. So um, right now what I'm clinging to is these big wins that we've had in our our little, you know, short history here. And one of the big ones is us beating New Jersey in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, so I'm going to go with that score line. It doesn't, it's not logical. It's just emotional. All right. <laughs> so I've got New Jersey 14, New England 34. And yeah, I don't think it's going to be that big of a spread, 
but I think it's going to be more back and forth than we think. And, you know, you also have to realize that that 34-14 scoreline includes that ridiculous double doink that Ben Foden, I don't think, will ever live down. I mean, it's one of the most ridiculous plays anybody I think has ever seen in rugby. Um, so if you're a New England fan, if you're a new New England fan, just go back and take a look at how New England scored that try. And to be honest, it's funny because if to set that whole play up, you know, Ben Foden had let the previous kick bounce all the way out and everybody, everybody, all the commentators, all the pundits were like, Oh, that was a great play. Then he goes to do it again. And they go, why did he ever do that? And, and, and in my mind, I just went, you thought you just said the pl- first play was great. Yeah. So because the second play, he was a, a donkey. Oh, yeah. he shouldn't have done it. You know? So I think it's kind of funny in that way too. Right. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. You know, I was there. I witnessed to that try. And as soon as it happened, I said, you will never see that ever again. <laughs> No, you wouldn't know one of those bonkers things, one in a million type of bounce. But hopefully, we'll get the momentum. But that was the momentum you guys were carrying. You know, you punched Rooney in the mouth for the first half. And, you know, I think the problem with Rooney was Rooney had the same issue this year that they had the year before is they didn't get that many preseason matches because of scheduling. So, you know, it seems as though every year they go into season and they're not quite up to snuff in the first couple matches. And you, you see those weird things happen. You see that lack of continuity. So I'm hoping rolling into a, a, well, a, a wet, uh, you know, Weymouth, we'll, we'll see a bit of a different team. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that is not the case. I hope that we see uh, the... The, the New Jersey that showed up in Las Vegas, but uh, that seems unlikely um, based on where they're standing right now in the Eastern Conference, second to only uh, the mighty um, Atlanta. My mind is gone, guys. It's it's uh, it's buggy uh, in this room right now. Yes. Got, the AC is off and the door is shut, so there's no sound coming in. And, uh, I'm Same thing. Yeah, I'm back at like 16 years old in North Carolina when it's 99% humidity and it's 95 degrees. <laughs> uh, all right final thing we'll get you out of here one word association i wanted to sneak this in here ohio state ah uh, suck eyes come on bro that wasn't even like that's not even that hard that's an easy one philadelphia oh the bullies i mean i really hate the flyers like i'm a hockey guy i played i started playing hockey you know when early on my dad played college hockey we're big ranger fans so okay Rejects. Again, just like a oh, you know, like why does a team have to take a conglomerate of states? Oh, we're New England. Why? So when you you have to change stadiums and you can move to Vermont if you want to, I never understood that. Yeah, that's not going to happen. By the way, it's not like we're moving uh, like uh, Rooney has to from one state to the other. I think we're going to be yeah. Well, I well, I I think that's a testament to the great real estate market that's in the tri-state area, man. Okay, all right, fair enough. That's a great way to spin that. Um, Ben Foden. Oh, uh, uh, rooster. Definitely rooster. I don't know. I think I told this story. Um, we actually had a, a rooster, an actual rooster as a mascot. Um, we have this fan, my buddy, Jason Zimmerman, who's a friend of mine, and he comes all the way from uh, like three hours deep in Pennsylvania to come to these home matches. And he lives in a rural area and he has chickens and roosters. And he named one in 2019, Ben Foden. And he would get the rooster riled up and we use it as like a, as like a, a starting video for some of the, the, the fan club stuff. And it was fun. And it was, and he named him Ben Foden. And that was, and then he ate Ben Foden at the end of the season. So there you go. Uh, that's traumatic. Um, <laughs> Yankees. Uh, I I just say bleacher creature because I know a lot of my friends out there in the like to sit in the bleachers. I'm personally an I'm a Mets fan. Okay. Um, so you know I don't really have animosity towards the Yankees unless we're playing in a Subway Series because to be honest we're not in the same league, so yep. I could care less. Gotcha. My uh, my green screen is just slowly <laughs> falling in on itself. Uh, 
So the next one is Dirt Peckers. Well, I think of you because you you you're the one who coined the phrase, and it sounds like a down south thing. Um, so you know, why not think of my buddy Phil? All right, very cool. We'll get you out of here. Oh, final thing, Ben Foden. He looked like he was hobbled uh, in the last game. Is he okay? Um, as far as I know, he was okay. I know that Troy Lockyer came in at halftime and um, took over for his spot, but I think that was more of just to give Ben a rest. Ben's been playing a lot. I think what happened was he 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 made that tackle, or he got tackled. I think he made a tackle. Um, I think his 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 uh, he just cramped, mm-hmm. okay. and at that point, you know, you're just going to keep cramping your calf muscle, and it's going to be sore. So why play that second half when you have a guy like Troy Lockyer, you know, that could play there? So I think it was more of that. So you expect him to play this Saturday? Yeah, I expect. I yeah, I expect him to play. I expect. Um, like I said, um, I think Dan Hollinshead might be back in business. James Rochford, who who had neck spasms from being tackled high twice in the game against Utah, should be back to play. So I think you're going to see a tough Rooney team. Very nice. You will be at the game on Saturday. So yes, all I the will. Rangers out there, you know, get, <laughs> buy him a beer, buy Scott a beer. We're all friendly. Um, you can call his team the Dirt Peckers if you want to. I'm sure. Oh we'll yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, and then um, we'll, we'll shake hands after the game. One one way or the other, results doesn't matter. I'm sitting in the Brigade South Stand. Come oh, stand, come and see me. That is the uh, the ruckus area. So have fun with that. Nice. That's gonna be a ton of fun. <laughs> oh yeah. Have a good one, man. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Let's ride, baby. Woo! Always love the banter between Scott and myself here at the Jacks Rangers show. There will always be a rivalry between Boston and New York. Sports is a big part of that. And with the MLR, it is no exception. Rooney and the Free Jacks butting heads. So hopefully we can make it an excellent rivalry going forward. And and part of that is these competitions being extremely competitive, right? And and some fireworks on the pitch as well. Uh, some RG bargy, I'm sure we'll see that in this game because again, you know, the Free Jacks are coming off a heartbreaking loss. So I'm sure the coaching staff, Coach Brian Martin and Tom Kindly will will reiterate to our Free Jacks players that this is a big game and our fans expect us to win against our arch rivals, Rooney. But yeah, that's going to about wrap her up here at the Jacks Ranger Show for episode 10. We made it to 10 once again, guys, the big one zero double digits and uh, onwards and upwards. Hopefully we'll get to, um, we're getting close to 300 uh, audio downloads already. So pretty good numbers there. Very happy with everything and the way it's working out uh, so far. Next week, we're going to have a very, very special guest as well. So I'm going to leave you with an American Revolutionary War quote in this episode. This is from one of America's greatest badasses, John Paul Jones, American Naval Captain. He said this in 1779, I have not yet begun to fight. So let's hope that our Free Jacks Keep that in mind as they go into a huge revenge game against the Dirt Peckers of New Jersey. That's all for me in this episode, guys. I appreciate you listening. Go Free Jacks. Beat New Jersey. Woo! Huzzah!